There have been uglier hits in the NHL this season, maybe even this week, than the one Brendan Dillon put on Teddy Bluger the other day. But there might not be one anywhere all year that serves as a better example of how stupidly the NHL administers headshots. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. As of late last night, according to Mike McIntyre, beat reporter at the Winnipeg Free Press, Dylan of the Jets had not been punished in any way by the NHL. And according to McIntyre, no one associated with the team is expecting anything to happen at this stage. And you know, at the risk of really offending people, especially after Bluger had to have jaw surgery yesterday afternoon that'll keep him out six to eight weeks, and it's a rotten injury, by the way, where the person he's required to drink their food for an extended stretch. They lose weight no matter how they try to stay in shape, and it's a pretty debilitating, demoralizing thing. So no one would want to hear this in the moment, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is at least the chance that you could view that hit from any angle and look at the NHL's existing rule book and attempt to justify it, meaning to say that it's legal. It's within what's printed there in the book. If you want to argue that it's a charge because Dylan left his feet, you can also find a camera angle that appears to show his left skate still touching the ice, even though he throws his shoulder way up where it really didn't need to be. You could also argue, as anyone can with every hit, that the head isn't the principal point of contact because someone always sees a piece of a jersey or something being ruffled on the way and says, aha, there it is, wasn't the principal point of contact. Except that when you look at this one, you can tell what's actually getting the full force. The most common thing that I've heard from my friends in Winnipeg over the past 48 hours is that, well, it was unfortunate that Bluger's jaw went into the steel stanchion that separates the panes of plexiglass at that end of the rink. And that's not really a very solid counter to anything. It just isn't. Because Teddy didn't go and slam his own face into the steel stanchions. This was exactly what Mike Sullivan said after that game Sunday in the fewest possible words. That's it. That's it. It was a it was a hit to the head. That's all. There's nothing else to discuss or debate. And if there should be, if anyone else tries to add something else to the conversation, they should be shut down right away, including 
and especially anyone associated with the National Hockey League. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. One funny thing about the NHL, when you see a player flip the puck up into the crowd, as we saw the other night in Columbus, and it ended up really, really hurting the Blue Jackets against the Penguins. Just an innocent tap out of the air. No way the player was trying to delay the game, but that's the call. You know why? Because it's black and white. It's black and white. And it has worked wonders toward eliminating what had been a really annoying problem at the time the rule was enacted, where any time a team was looking for some kind of break, any time they were panicking in their own end, somebody would go, oop, whoops, and there would go the puck into the crowd. This has really helped address that. Occasionally, as with that instance, it can be unfair. The Blue Jackets paid a pretty heavy price for that flip into the crowd with the Penguins scoring and winning the game. But hey, that's life. Why? Because the rule is black and white. So they can make a rule that's black and white for something like that, but they can't do it for headshots at a time when the league has been sued. I'm betting will continue to be sued well into the future over concussion issues, over CTE, over suicide, over things that are a whole lot more serious than a puck being flipped into the stands. The only rules that ever work in this league, the only ones that are ever applied consistently are the ones that are black and white, and there aren't many of them. You want to get a double minor for high sticking? Better make someone bleed. That's it. If they're bleeding, you're off. Well, not Teddy. See, Teddy wasn't hit by a high stick. Teddy was bleeding profusely. There was blood they were cleaning, not to gross you out here, but out of the Penguin's Tunnel for a long while after he'd had to make that unfortunate and desperate walk down the runway. He wasn't hit with a high stick and therefore no penalty was assessed. Teddy was hit in the face, in the mouth, in the jaw area, by a shoulder that was elevated. I don't care about the technicalities. I don't care if Dylan had half a skate on the ice, full skate, some metal contact of some kind with a shard I also don't care if he happened to graze another part of Teddy's equipment or sweater or something along the path where you could prove beyond any reasonable doubt that the head was not in fact the principal point of contact. What I care about is that an NHL player went toward that glass with another player there and went into him, even though Teddy's head was up high, Teddy had actually been off his skates, and high enough that he could get his shoulder into that individual's 
face. Oh, and by the way, since the league only ever seems focused on intent, I'd strongly recommend that they review the footage of a game in 2019 where Bluger and Dylan had quite the animated tussle. And Bluger isn't exactly one to engage in that sort of thing. And then ask yourselves in that office if maybe one might have led to the other. Maybe that'll do it since there aren't any actual black and white rules that anyone can enforce. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from from Bill, who asks, is it possible that this laid-back dude between the pipes is having the best season we've ever seen from a goalie in Penguins history? You know what's funny, Bill? I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. The Penguins, for all their many uh, championships and individual accolades and awards, have never had a Vezina Trophy winner. Is that what you're getting at? Because when you're talking about the best season someone's had in someone's franchise history, unless you're talking about a really, really crappy franchise, you're talking about someone who would be in the running for the Vezina. Now, I'm not saying that Jari should be in it at the moment. I'm not saying that he won't be either. When you're sitting in the top two or three of every significant goaltending category at the halfway point, you're at least in something of a driver's seat. But it tends to take a little bit more with the Vezina because the Vezina is one of the very few awards. It's not voted on by writers, but by the general managers. And trying to say this respectfully because the general managers absolutely know way more about hockey than us sports writer types. But the general managers will never put in the amount of work that the writers do in terms of doing research and statistics and everything else, they're going to go with, you know, the, I'm a GM, man. I know who the best goalies are, and they're just going to check a box. So if you don't have a name or a reputation, you're probably going to have a harder time getting a Vezina vote. And we've seen that over the years. A lot of, a lot of these winners have been name guys, and in most cases, deservedly so. But is this one of the best seasons in franchise history? The first thing I'll say to that is that I can feel everyone listening to this right now cringing. I say that because it sounds like jinx material, even though I'm not the one that brought it up. All right, Bill was. Blame Bill. Because so much can happen. So much can happen. Uh, injuries can happen. Performance fall-off can happen. The team's overall structure can take a hit. We've seen some chips in that armor 
over the past handful of days. And that can get to the goaltender too because they can get overworked and give up enough goals that they start losing some of that confidence in what it is that they've been doing well. So long, long way to go. 41 team games left. And then, of course, there's playoffs. I presume you're talking about regular season because that's usually uh, the framework in which someone would ask a question like that. My answer is going to be yes. It's shaping up to be the best regular season goaltending performance in the franchise's 54 years. But it also feels really silly to make any kind of bold statements about that just halfway through. Um, He's doing extremely well. I believe in what he's doing. I believe in the work that he's done with Andy Kyoto. I believe in the people who have told me these things, not least of which is Ron Hextall. They're proud of him. They're satisfied with what they've seen. And if they're worried in any capacity that he's just going to show up for game one of the playoffs and melt and just, like, fall apart, uh, they're doing a real, real good job of hiding it. They believe he's made a breakthrough. They believe that he is not at all being influenced by what happened in last year's playoffs either in a positive or a negative sense. They don't hear him saying, I got to show everybody this or whatever, and he just doesn't have that personality. He forgets things. He just forgets things. I'm going to try to find a nice way to put that, but I I brought this up with Chris Letang over the weekend, and this was Letang's excellent, excellent response regarding Jari's personality and how he's been able to bounce back from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's been great all year long, you know. Um, some people, it would have creep in their mind what happened the year before, but he's, you know, he, he's, a, he's focused on, on being the, in the moment, you know. He, um, he forgets about things and he, he, he just works. Um, he works hard in practice. Um, you know, he's in his own bubble like most of the goalies, but... He, he's a guy that lives in the present, and he's just going to focus on doing the, the right thing at that, at that moment. So um, he's a laid-back guy, uh, doesn't seem to, to worry. He looks like he played like 20 years already, but um, he's, he's been awesome this year. Um, obviously, uh, he's going to the All-Stars, so well-deserved. Gee, Tanger, what are you really saying there? Good, good stuff, right? That's why you always value the truth tellers in this business. And number 58 happens to be one of those. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And we will do another one tomorrow. Tomorrow.